You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. So this morning, we're going to go into the Word of God just briefly, and uh, we are giving thanks. In case you are, you're, you're, you're here for the first time and you see the way we're going crazy for Jesus, we're just, we can't, we can't hold it. You know, excitement without expression can lead to depression. So we have to express it. Hallelujah. And uh, the church is not a place to be sanctimonious and religious. It's a place to enjoy God's presence. Because in His presence, there's fullness of joy. And at His right hand are pleasures forevermore. Glory, glory, glory. Amen. So this morning we'll be sharing on what we call magnified mercy. Somebody say magnified mercy. Yeah, the mercies of the Lord. We will touch a little bit on the mercies of God. It is His mercies. Lamentation says it's because of His mercies that we are not consumed. All right, Jeremiah told us that. It's because of His mercies. If not for the mercies of God, we won't be here. If not for the mercies of God, the enemy would have had his way. If not for the mercies of God, the enemy would have finished you. You think you are, you are alive because you're smart? Do you think it's because you're strong? Hmm? No. Do you think it's because you are better than the, the person, you know, who didn't make it? No. It's not because of that. It's because of His mercies. Glory to God. And you see, mercy and grace are different. But I was just meditating and I'm trying to picture some things. You see, God is love, right? The Bible tells us God is love. So God does not have love. He is love. That's who He is. He is love. All right? So if you say God has love, you are making a wrong statement. Because the Bible tells us that He is love. So God is love. And then out of His love comes every other thing. Okay? Out of His love comes mercy. As a matter of fact, without mercy, because God is so powerful, He's, in fact, he, we call, he is called Almighty. He's all might, God of all might. He's got all the might. He's got all the power. There's nothing He cannot do. God can split the atom with just a, a breath. Hallelujah. He doesn't need any technology to do it. All right, God can dissolve the entire universe in a moment. He holds all things by the word of his power. He is so powerful, so powerful, so full of potential that when he finished creation, the potential was being released and released and he had to rest because of too much release. 
So don't, you, don't ever think that God rested because he was tired. He's not a man. He never grows weary. He didn't rest like you rest. His rest was too much potential has been released. Too much power. Too much energy. Let me rest. <laughs> so many of us, we rest because there's no more energy. <laughs> Is that not so? Yeah, we've expended everything and now want to rest and recuperate. No, no, God doesn't need to recuperate. Yeah, he's omnipotent. That means all potential. Somebody say all potential. all potential. Every potential in existence came out of God. Apart from the corrupted one that comes out of the enemy. So, he is love, but then out of his love comes mercy. Somebody say mercy. Out of his love comes mercy. And out of his mercy comes grace. Hallelujah. So you see, it's almost like a progression. Let's look at um, Hebrews chapter 4. My Lord. Say, Lord, open my eyes. Speak to me this morning. Give me understanding. Give me revelation. Change my life. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4, I read from verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Right? Say, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. All right. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us come, how? Timidly. Let us come beggarly. Hmm? Let us come with inferiority. Let us come religiously. Is that what it says in your Bible? Let us come what? With boldness. We must come, when you approach God, you approach Him with boldness. What gives you boldness? What gives you? Why should you be bold when you come before God? Because of Jesus. Somebody say, because of Jesus. Yeah. Jesus was a demonstration of God's mercy. All right? Because mercy, mercy in a simplest sense, that. I mean, there's a lot to say about mercy, but in the most simplistic way, mercy is when you don't get what you deserve. When what you deserve, for example, you deserve punishment. You deserve judgment. All right? You deserve a level of punishment for the crime you have committed. 
And then when mercy comes into play, mercy restrains. The Bible says mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy will always triumph over judgment. Even though our God is a God of justice, He's got perfect justice. But I have news for you. Without His mercy, and He is a God of justice and He's got all power, I'm telling you, He will be out of balance. So mercy is what balances God's omnipotence and His justice. Do you understand? Yeah. So, we don't deserve to live. We deserve to all go to hell. Yeah. You say, well, pastor, I have not hurt anybody. I have not done anything. You, you have, by the by mere fact that you were shaped in iniquity. <laughs> you were conceived in iniquity by, by how does the psalmist put it again? In sin, in iniquity, what did my mother conceive me? I was shaped in iniquity. I was conceived in sin. From your conception, you were guilty. You didn't have to do anything. That is guilt by association. <laughs> yeah. You can't dissociate yourself from your mother's womb. Do you hear me? Yeah. So the moment you were conceived, you became guilty. So what are you going to do? How can you, a guilty person, come out carrying a guilty sentence and think that if you are just good, you will be free? The sentence has already been passed. From Genesis chapter 3, the sentence was passed. Do you understand? When our father Adam was told, from the day you eat from this tree, and dying you shall surely die. Adam represented all of us. So by representation, you are guilty. So if you are good, and you think because of your morality, that is enough to save you, you are just a moral sinner. A morally guilty sinner who has a guilty sentence. You are a good morally, <laughs> you are a morally good, guilty, death sentence sinner. <laughs> That's who you are. So don't be fooled. Many people are deceived into thinking that just being good is enough. No, it's not enough. It can't be enough to erase the sentence on your life. It can't be enough. That's why other re religions, other religions that, that you know, that, um, that think that being good is all it takes to go to heaven, you, they will be shot if they don't receive Jesus. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you'll find that you are just a good person. You know, there are many good people in hell. Do you understand? Many good people in hell. Why? Because they didn't put their faith in Jesus. They didn't come by the blood of the Lamb. 
They didn't apply the blood of the Lamb. So we have this confidence. You know, we have this high priest. This high priest who has passed through the heavens. And he, he did everything for us. And that's why he says, now you can come boldly. Hallelujah. You are not coming as a guilty sinner. You are not coming as a helpless sinner. Do you know that before Jesus went to the cross, you know that before Jesus went to the cross, even the Old Testament saints were in hell? Of course, they were in hell. David was in hell. Abraham was in hell. Friend of God. But they were in a compartment of hell called paradise. So God prepared a place there because for them because of their faith in the one who is to come. Hallelujah. In the one who is to come. So because of their faith, Jesus even said, Abraham rejoiced when he saw my day. What do you think he was talking about? So that day on Moriah, when, 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 when Abraham was offering Isaac, And God said, don't touch this boy. And God provided for himself a ram. That day, Abraham saw. Hallelujah. Because if you go, if you go to Israel, Mount Moriah, from Mount Moriah, you can see Golgotha. Right in front of you. I'm telling you. You look, you'll see it. So from that mountain, Abraham could see Golgotha. Amen. He could see Golgotha. And that's why Jesus said, he rejoiced when he saw my day. Why? Because he saw this is the one that's going to rescue us. This is the one that's going to pay the price for us to experience that total liberation from the sentence that is upon the human race, the death sentence. So, and that is why we need to celebrate the mercy of God. So God executed and he meted out justice, but he showed mercy. Do you understand me? Yeah, so mercy is not Bending the rules. Do you understand me? There's, it, right there within the legal system, there is a way to meet out justice with mercy. So how did God do it? God decided, okay, fine, you are guilty. All right? He says, Eric, you are guilty and you deserve to go to hell. You deserve to die. So what I'm going to do to show my mercy towards you is that I'm going to put that guilty sentence of Jesus. So Jesus came without sin, walking the dusty roads of Jerusalem, Galilee, Judea, and all those places. The devil tempted him at all points. He didn't sin. He was spotless. And yet God put our guilt on him. Why? What was God doing? God was carrying out justice 
on your behalf, but at the same time showing mercy. Do you understand me? So nobody in the entire universe for the whole eternity can prove that God is unjust. It's not possible. Why? He demonstrated justice when he put Jesus on the cross and Jesus cried, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? And right there on that place, God put our guilt on him. Hallelujah. And that's how he showed mercy to you. You don't have to go to hell. Amen? Now you can from here, <laughs> hallelujah, experience everything that heaven has. Amen? All because of God's mercy. So that's why he says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. So God calls his throne the throne of grace. He doesn't call it the throne of power, although there's power there. I mean, you go read Ezekiel. Go read and see about, you know, the technology of God's throne. I mean, this thing is something else. A wheel within a wheel that has eyes and he moves in every direction. And is oh, my goodness. Fire, made of fire. is moving. Anywhere God wants to move, it just turns. And it's moving at the same time. I mean, incredible. So God didn't even call his throne a throne of fire. He didn't call it a throne of fire. He didn't call it a throne of power. There is much power there. But he called it the throne of grace. Hallelujah. What is grace? Grace is when you get what you don't deserve. Hallelujah. So mercy stops you from getting the judgment you deserve. It stops you from experiencing, you know, the harsh judgment that divine justice requires. Mercy shielded you from that. But then God now institutes a throne of grace when now you can come to get all that you don't deserve. What kind of God is this? Out of his love. That's where these things come out. You know, those things come out of his love. So out of his love comes grace. So now with grace, grace imparts, gives you an impartation to walk where you don't deserve to walk. To experience what you don't deserve to experience. Hallelujah. To overcome what you don't deserve to overcome. Hallelujah. To rise to a level you don't deserve to rise. You see, that's what grace does. Grace gives you undeserved, undeserved ability. Undeserved ability. You heard Caroline's testimony. He said, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do, but, you know, listen. Next year, I want to do a, a kingdom training for marketplace. So, I want to teach you how to use the power of the kingdom in the marketplace. 
Hallelujah. And you will see signs, wonders, miracles in the marketplace. We're going to unlock the power of God's grace on a level you've never seen before. Outside the four walls of the church. So get ready. Turn to your neighbor and say, get ready. Get ready. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Now we're just about to round up our kingdom power training. You heard Mama Sylvia talking about that. How many people, those of you who have been going through that training, let me see. Has it been, has it been life-changing or not? Huh? Have you heard anything like that? Have you? No. Nothing like that. Hallelujah. But what, I'm, what am I saying? Now, after this, you start walking in the supernatural naturally. There's already what has come on you through this training. You don't even know. But it's going to start coming out. God is going to create some opportunities for you to manifest what you have received. Glory to God. Yeah. So, what was I saying? Mercy. Magnified mercy. So, God's mercy, it's not that God is increasing His mercy. His mercy is endless. That's from eternity. Okay? His mercy is for thousands. But in our lives, His mercy needs to be magnified. I don't know how many people need His mercy magnified in their lives. In other words, when it's magnified, then it's visible. Okay? It's visible to all. Others are going to see that God has been merciful to you. Hallelujah. So, um, we come boldly that we might obtain mercy. So when you come to the throne of grace, you obtain mercy. And then you get grace to help in time of need. How many people have needs in this house? Let me see. Do you have needs? Okay. How many people will never have needs again? So, you will always be in need. And so, because you will always be in need, you always need to have access to the throne of grace. So, Jesus has made a way for that. You don't need to wait for Christmas to experience the love of Jesus. You can experience it every day. You can experience it every time, everywhere. Okay? So, because... We will always be in need. That means we'll always need mercy. Am I correct? Is there ever a time that you won't need the mercy of God in your life? Now, if you will always need the mercy of God, that means that you need to also be ready to always give mercy to others. Are you following me? Yeah, if you are not merciful, Jesus says, blessed are they merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Mercy is something you obtain. 
All right. They obtained mercy. Yes. So if you are merciful, you will receive mercy. If you are, not, if you are merciless, when your time of need for mercy comes, it will be withheld. That's the condition. It will be withheld. Out of mercy comes forgiveness. Somebody say forgiveness. forgiveness. Isn't, it, isn't it strange that Jesus will come up? I mean, during the time of Moses, Moses taught the people an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And Jesus comes to them and says, you have heard it said that, but I'm telling you, you need to pray for your enemies. Ah, what? Pray for my enemies? That's Jesus. Why? Jesus is operating on a higher level. Okay? Moses was not operating at the same level. Jesus was operating at a higher level than Moses. Moses was just a prophet. Okay? He was, yeah, God used him tremendously. He was the meekest man on earth, but he was not the Savior. Jesus is the Savior. So when the Savior comes and he's showing you the way, you better listen to him. So learn to be merciful to people so that you can enjoy mercy. You can enjoy mercy. Mercy is part of God's DNA. It is actually part of his glory. Look at Exodus chapter 34. In Exodus 34, now if you read 33, I don't want to go there, but Moses had asked God to show, he says, show me your glory. And this is a, somebody that has been communing with God like face to face, like a man communes with his friend. Okay? So apparently God would come to Moses face to face, but God always had this thing that covered him you know, maybe a cloud or so that would cover his face. And he would talk to Moses face to face, but the face has <laughs> a cloud that covers him. And so Moses, I mean, he's having these powerful experiences with God. But he says, you know, show me your glory. And God says, oh, for now, no man can see my face and leave. Why did he say that? Jesus had not yet come. All right? But God now says in chapter 34, let's read 34 and verse 5. He says, now the Lord descended in the cloud. And stood by him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. 
So remember, this is in answer to Moses' prayer. Okay? Show me your glory. So the Lord comes now, and first thing he does is that he proclaims his name. In other words, as the Lord is coming down, he's announcing himself. <laughs> Incredible. Right? And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, God. I love the Lord. So when God is coming, he's speaking and he's declaring the Lord. The Lord God. He's introducing himself. This is not somebody else. Moses, this is the Lord that has come down. The Lord God. And then he says, merciful. Hallelujah. The Lord God is what? Merciful. In other words, full of mercy. Full of mercy. And then gracious. Hallelujah. He is full of mercy and also gracious. Mercy and grace. Two sides of the same coin. Incredible. Yes, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth. This is in answer to Moses' prayer. Show me your glory. So God is saying, you will not see my face, but the closest thing I'm going to do is to show you my other paths. Okay? So... He is now speaking. And this mercy is going to be magnified in your life in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. When you deserve to suffer certain things, God will say, mercy. Hallelujah. Mercy will speak on your behalf because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Even in the legal system. You know what? Sometimes some people are in prison. Haven't you heard of times that people, they are serving a sentence and then a president comes into office. And then the president grants him what in the legal language they call clemency. You've heard that before? Come on. Yeah, clemency. Is there a lawyer in the house? God, bring lawyers. We need lawyers. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, there's a lawyer there. Okay, come, come. Help me. You're going to help me. I want them to, I, I want to be sure I'm not making a mistake. Clemency. What is clemency? Sorry for putting you on the spot. Yeah. Morning, church. Um, yeah, I'm on the spot. But anyway, it's when you grant someone pardon for the crime they have committed. So they will, a case will come before the president to review, and they will take into consideration circumstances, and then he will say, okay, this person can go on pardon. 
or clemency. Okay, can, can you pay for clemency? No. You mean it doesn't matter if I'm a billionaire, I can't pay for it? No. Wow. So, does the president have to explain why he does it? He can put um, forward his reasons, but he, his reasons don't need to be based on any law. Maybe just based on the circumstances of the case. Come on. Can you see that? Hallelujah. That is mercy. Somebody say mercy. mercy. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Yeah. He can, exp he can give reasons, but it's not based on any law. Yeah, mercy. Glory to God. So listen, God doesn't need to explain to anybody why he shows mercy to you. Hallelujah. Mercy. That's incredible. It doesn't have to make sense to you. But because he has the power to do it. He has the power and it is his prerogative. Of course, he will be approached. They will plead for clemency. They will come to the president and apply. They will do everything they can. But there is no law that places a demand on the president to, 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 to issue clemency. It's out of his own benevolence. Are you getting me? So you are alive. When, the, when, when, when Nehemiah, um, I say Nehemiah, Jeremiah says, it is because of his mercies that were not consumed. You now understand that the enemy could not consume you, not because of you. Do you understand? Somebody say mercy. Mercy, mercy preserved me. Say mercy preserved me. Hallelujah. And mercy will keep preserving you. As long as you keep showing mercy when you have opportunities to be merciful. You see, mercy is not needed if there is no sin. Just like in a legal case, there's no need for clemency if there is no offense. Do you get my point? Mercy is not needed if there's no sin. The reason for mercy is that there is a violation that requires justice. You see, there is a violation. And sometimes we are guilty not because we did something. We are guilty because of where we're coming from. If you are coming from Adam, you are guilty. There's nothing you can do to erase that. There's no amount of washing. There's no soap on earth that can clean that. Only the blood of Jesus. Only the blood of Jesus. And sometimes there are certain things that you don't deserve. I mean, there are certain things that, you know, they, you, you don't deserve, yes, there are certain things you don't deserve that God will release as an act of His grace, His graciousness, 
out of His goodness, He gives to you. Every good and perfect gift is from where? From above, from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation, no shadow of turning. God is good to the just and to the unjust. Isn't that interesting? Some people have the impression that God is only good to those who are born again. No, it's not true. It's good to everyone. It's just that there are general, um, there are general benefits that God gives to humanity, but then there are some specific benefits that are only for His children. Hallelujah. For example, the world cannot receive the Holy Spirit. There's nothing they can do to get the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. But you can have the Holy Spirit. What a blessing. What a gift God can give to you because you are in His family. You know, Jesus says, I'm sending you a comforter whom the world cannot receive. The world cannot receive it. It's not for... When you go preach to an unbeliever, don't offer the Holy Spirit to them. Please, don't do that. You might kill them. Offer the Savior. Offer Jesus to them. Not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is only for those in God's family. And His gifts are only for you. Isn't that wonderful? Is God partial for doing that? No. He doesn't owe anyone an explanation as to why he gives gifts. It's like you giving gifts to someone. You just walk somewhere and you decide to give a gift and somebody starts querying you for giving a gift. What law? There's no law that, you know, that says you shouldn't be good to someone who is in need. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we are thanking God and we want to see His mercy magnified in our lives. Where you need to be punished, but God now releases mercy. Where you need to suffer longer, but God's mercy says it's enough. Hallelujah. God's mercy says it is enough. My Lord, I'm grateful for His mercy. Are you grateful for His mercy? Are you thankful? Everything you've enjoyed this year is because of His mercy and also His grace. And sometimes when we want to, we want to, when we want to express our gratitude, sometimes we do it with dance like we were doing earlier. Sometimes we do it in testimony when we testify. Okay? But also, we like to also do it, you know, with a gift to God. Hallelujah. We give, we, we give to God. Sometimes we do it in a We offer sacrifices of thanksgiving, of gratitude. So you're not paying God when you do that. You do that just to say thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. It's like Hannah. She said to God, Look, if you give me a son, I'm going to give him to you. Now, is she paying for the son? No. But it's gratitude. Hallelujah. 
to a level. Do you know what it means for a woman to give her first son? This boy grew up in the temple. What was his mother doing? She was expressing gratitude for this miracle that opened her womb. So we're going to bring up our thanksgiving offering. We give that to the Lord. We encourage people, you know, present something, present a token to God. If you don't have, you want to, you want to make a pledge, you can do that. Ask the ushers for a piece of paper. They'll give you something. You write and say, I want to pledge this just to say thank you. Now, are we saying words are not enough? No, that's not what we're saying. That's not what we're saying. Hallelujah. It's part of gratitude. It's part of honor to God. It's part of appreciation. It's actually part of worship. It's part of our worship. So we're going to do that right now. As we rise up on our feet. Jesus. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.